You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to the Rides Winning Insights, the Horse and Rider podcast mini-sode series where we share audio lessons and insights from some of the most sought-after professionals in the horse industry. This week's episode is the start of a four-part series we're doing to help kick off our Mental Health Awareness Month that's taking place in February, which will provide more information on the many ways horses can help us heal. In this week's episode, Touched by a Horse owner, Melissa Pierce takes the reins to talk a little bit more about horses and their healing abilities. Melissa is a teacher, author, psychotherapist, and a pioneer in the field of human horse healing. Over the last three decades, she's coached and helped others through her private psychotherapy practice and partnership with horses. This partnership with horses led her to create the equine gestalt coaching method. This week's episode is brought to you by Touched by a Horse. Melissa Pierce developed the equine gestalt so there are two gestaltists present with the client, one human and one equine. Together they provide a therapeutic approach to deep process emotional healing through the experiential nature of gestalt work. Contrary to talk therapy, gestalt work and its sister modality equine facilitation offer some of the most efficient means of human growth and personal development. Touched by a Horse offers two comprehensive programs so you can start your career with horses in the exciting field of horse and human healing. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses, specializing in work with businesses, clubs, and families. The equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses for deep process and trauma recovery. All of the programs include a rich curriculum of both online and in-person classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Now enjoy the first part of this four-part series. Hi, everyone. This is Melissa Pierce, and I'm honored to be asked by Horse and Rider to do a ride podcast series that will be very different from their normal fare. Different in that, as a psychotherapist and a gestaltist, I've developed a method that really shows us how horses stand positioned to be healers, healers of our hearts, our physical body, of our emotional fields, of our psyche. And so I'd like to discuss with you in this series how our horses are showing up for us in ways that we are sometimes not even aware of. Let me start quickly with my relationship with horses. Very lucky to have had horses in my life all my life and had a fairly traditional experience with them with trainers and showing horses and worked myself up in the show ring to the world level, honored to win a couple of world championships with my horses. I was a breeder for many years, had a three-time world champion stallion and bred him and raised over 200 foals that went on to have fabulous careers in a diverse section of uh, horsemanship. I've run boarding facilities and owned boarding facilities in two different states with 85 to 100 boarders at each one, large facilities. Uh, 
I've had the opportunity to trail ride all over the country. And so everything from midwifing horses into the world from their mothers to showing and competing at a high competitive level, I've had a lot of different experiences with them. Along the way, I became a psychotherapist with a private practice and felt strongly that I wanted to do my own personal healing to make sure I was a lifeguard who knew how to swim, not somebody who knew how to throw the buoy from the shore but couldn't swim, but I had actually done my own work. So as luck would have it or fate would have it, the very first therapist that I was directed to, very coincidentally, was a gestaltist. I didn't know what gestalt was. I didn't know what therapy was. I just knew that I had a series of relationships that mirrored the broken marriage of my parents more than they mirrored what I wanted in my life. So I entered therapy. Now, my first gestaltist, his name was Stephen, was very profound for me and really helped me grow, helped me grow in awareness of self, helped me heal an awful lot of areas of my life, relationships with my family, uh, how I was working with others, etc., and through that experience, running concurrently with my education of becoming a therapist, I decided to go ahead and train to become a gestaltist. Now, I was very fortunate to train with some of the nation's, if not the world's, best gestalt trainers. Very happy to say that I uh, was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, with the horse trainers in my life, with the professors in my uh, university degrees, and then also in gestalt training. So I became this multi-competent person. The horses remained my passion, my love, my interest. Psychotherapy became my career and, and where I made my money. And uh, gestalt became another equal passion on the other side with my horses. As life took its twists and turns, I ended up with a ranch in Cave Creek, Arizona, and a smaller place, a 25-acre place in Flagstaff, Arizona. This was with my ex-husband, and we had both of these facilities and operated them well. Flagstaff was about 25 degrees cooler in the summertime, which was a requirement for our daughter. And her health demanded that she get out of the desert heat and into uh, a much cooler area in the summer to stay healthy for herself. And that's why we ended up with the two places. While I was in Flagstaff and developing my gestalt practice, my therapy practice had moved and migrated to doing all gestalt work because of its efficiency and efficacy. I found myself with my clients coming up from the Phoenix area and staying in a bunkhouse on the ranch, uh, working with me for a session, maybe on a Friday afternoon, and two sessions on Saturday, one on Sunday, and they headed back to the Valley of the Sun. In between those sessions, I might go work a horse that I was campaigning to show, or I may go trail riding and go into the incredible Coconino Forest there for trail riding, which was out the back gate of our ranch. 
was really good times. And I would say to clients as they were staying on the ranch for the weekend to make themselves at home in terms of taking a nap in a hammock, going for a hike in the woods, uh, going down to pet the noses of horses. But I did put the boundary, do not enter the pastures or the pens or cross a line with the horses at all. Because most of my clients at that time were, as is said uh, by writers, they were muggles. They really were not horse people coming up to see me. They were mere mortals coming up to see me. So as time progressed over that summer in the 1980s, it was about 1988, I began to see a big change in my clients from their morning session to their afternoon session that I couldn't quite identify. I knew the changes that my gestalt work would be doing with them, but I couldn't quite identify the additional somatic and emotional changes that were happening with people. And it turned out they would tell me a story about, oh, I walked the fence line and this horse and it would be a different one of the 10 or so that we had in the pasture, came to the fence and stood quietly with me or did this or did that. And I began to recognize that even for non-horse people, the horses were showing up and they were transforming things in the somatic field. Now let me back up and tell you first of all, what is Gestalt? I've actually even written a book on the topic called What in the Heck is Gestalt? And if you'd like a copy, you can certainly get it through our office or on Amazon, etc. And it is written for people who are not therapists and are not interested in an intellectual explanation, but a more simplified explanation of what is this magic tool called Gestalt? Well, in a nutshell, Gestalt started in the 1950s. The person whose name is attached to it the most is a man named Fritz Perls. And what he saw was that people were complex structures, that it was less important to lay a label or a diagnosis on them for a behavior <clears throat> than it was to actually have them understand and bring into their awareness something that they were doing, feeling, saying, or responding to. He also brought forth his theory that some things that occur in our life, just as part of life, remain unfinished in the psyche. Clearly we know today that trauma is held right in the cells of our body. Now, trauma, we use the word trauma, can be anything from a car accident to a molestation as a child by a grandparent or neighbor. I mean, there's many different versions all the way to experiencing things that are abhorrent, such as uh, being in war and, and these types of things. So we understand that trauma changes the psyche, that trauma can be held in those cells and needs to be processed. But there's also a lot of everyday life that creates what I think of as the lightning bolt of unfinished business in someone's life. For instance, you may have had a best friend in second or third grade. They were like a sibling to you. They were your everything. They were somebody that you played with and you did adventures with and you had a whole life with. And maybe their father got transferred across the country 
And so it's not in the power of you as a child or the other child to hold on to that friendship. And they're literally yanked out of your life and gone. And as a second or third grader, you may not have had the vocabulary or the wisdom or the years behind you to understand that that was grief and that was loss and that was confusing and that was difficult for you. So you got over it, you went on, you made other friends, life continued on. But many, many years later, you find another very special friend. And it's a friend who you really spend time with, and you enjoy being with, and they're your confidant, and you're theirs. And everything is great in the friendship. And they begin to talk to you about a job opportunity that they have. And the job opportunity would require a move. And you have this huge reaction to this news. And you're twisted up inside. You're happy for your friend that they're getting this opportunity. But you feel this seething anger underneath it. You think, why would I be angry with them? They're simply pursuing their career. They're doing what they're supposed to do. I want to be happy for my friend. But I'm actually mad. And what that ties back to is how unfinished it was as a child. How the lack of opportunity that you may have been given to process, to say what you needed to say, to cry what you needed to cry, the message that was given to you from the adults is you'll have other friends, it'll be okay, you'll get over it, and you didn't feel heard, and it didn't feel finished, and things weren't facilitated for you as young friends to really move through it with the honoring and the grief that it needed to have. And therefore, your body, all these years later, are what we call triggered by this conversation of this new friend who may move because of a job opportunity. And you think, wow, am I crazy? You're not crazy. This is what we call unfinished business, and it penetrates into your current life. If you've ever had anybody tell you you're overreacting to something, that could be it. Maybe you show your horses and you think, Why is it that when I'm ready to go on deck, maybe you show rainers, and you think, when I'm the next horse to go in that raining ring, I know I've practiced, I know my trainer believes in me, I know my horse is ready to go, I know the pattern, I I mean, all signals are go, right? The green flag is in front of you, everything's going to go okay, and you're gripped by a level of fear that you cannot understand. This level of fear that threatens to distract you from staying on pattern, that threatens to take your attention elsewhere, and you feel crazy. You don't see the other riders doing that. They may be doing it, and you don't know it, but you don't see it. And all of that might stem back to a piece of unfinished business. The unfinished business could be something totally unrelated. It was some other time in your life, whether you were 16 and you thought you knew all the lines for the school play, you got out on stage, you forgot two lines, you felt humiliated, the kids laughed. It was a bad moment in time. But that moment in time has stayed with you in your subconscious all these years later. Clearly, there's lots of examples. And some of us had childhoods that books are written about with abusive parents, alcoholic parents, divorce of parents, et cetera, et cetera. Other people look back and they think, I had a pretty good childhood, a pretty good life. I grew up with these great parents. 
And yet I too have times in which I feel a little on the crazy side because I'm reacting to something and I don't know why it's bothering me. So those are some of the ways in which gestalt is a way to go back and heal that unfinished business once and for all, one and done. Now, I began to see these horses as showing up for my clients who were there to work on everything from a past sexual assault to a tendency to pick the wrong person over and over in relationships to issues at work, all kinds of things that they were coming up to share time with me and go through the method that I created for them. And when I saw the profound difference in the clients after spending time with a fence between themselves and my and my horses, I paid attention to that. And I'm so glad I did because the deeper attention that I paid began to show me several different behaviors on the part of horses that made a distinct difference in what we call the somatic or the energy field or the body energies of my clients. And tied together, it was opening avenues without my client even being aware that it was happening. So I had greater access to them to take them through the gestalt method that I created from the basis of traditional gestalt from Fritz Perls. So I began combining, began combining these experiences with the horses purposefully with the gestalt work. I would have a client go into a certain state of being, really look at and begin to explore something that was unfinished with the horse purposefully witnessing the work, maybe in a round pen with the fence between the client and the horse to begin with. And I would do my gestalt piece of work with them. And I was fascinated at how quickly the horses were glued to the work. They were not interested in times in which we were intellectually having a conversation. In other words, more like traditional talk therapy, where I might ask them to tell me about or tell a story. I did very little of that because as a gestaltist, we don't see the value in our line of work in being that way. Lots of traditional therapists do very valuable work for people to go and offload things that are on their heart or things that are bothering them. And traditional psychotherapy helps you get a better clarity on what your behaviors are, why you're responding the way that you do, why things line up in that way, and even some great tools for figuring out how to deal with it in the future. Gestalt is different from that. Not better, not worse, but very different. Gestalt is more about the overall person, the wholeness in the person, and looking at when the lightning struck in the unfinished business, how we can finish that up quickly, efficiently, and effectively, so that whatever that is can be literally dropped in the arena sand. They don't need to take the sad energy, the grief, the scaredness, the fear, any of those kinds of elements with them after this process. You have a memory of the incident, let's say, of whatever happened to you, but it's no longer charged. You no longer feel that it has all these other elements that make you sick to your stomach or maybe have a nightmare or a flashback or 
another triggered event in your current life. So I began consciously combining the horses witnessing the work and then began including them in the work. Now, I will tell you in this series, I'll be very clear on exactly how and give you examples of times in which horses have stepped up to show some extraordinary things to me as their partner. I changed a lot of my language that I use about my horses. I changed my viewpoint on why they're even here on the planet. I changed my relationship with them to one that still partners with them for a great trail ride, but in this particular domain, honors them very deeply for the clairsentient wisdom that they hold, for the way in which they're able to see a situation, feel about a situation, illustrate in a pantomime way information that they collect from the client, and provide truly profound feedback and profound healing to the clients. So equine gestalt is the combination of two coaches. One, an incredible horse, and the other, an incredible human who's decided to train in, to become a gestaltist and partner with horses in this very unusual way. I hope this introduction has teased you a little bit to listen to the ride and the future podcasts for horse and rider. They always provide so much fun in horse training. This time, the horses are whispering to us. It's a little different twist and a happy twist around how can we achieve this better mental health and emotional health and awareness for ourselves alongside our best friends, our horses. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Rides Winning Insights mini-sode podcast. We hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Horse and Rider on social media and at horseandrider.com to see all the cool things that we're up to. If you have any comments or questions, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at equinenetwork.com. We love to hear from you guys. And if you love what you're listening to, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.